Hi, I'm Van Stratum from Gnosko Ministries. Thank you for inviting us into your home and into your life. So today, I just want to hand out some fish and some loaves of bread for those that are still hungry and want to see the Lord still move in miracles and wonders as He did before. May this teaching help you and make you fall in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, please, if you can click on the subscribe button and the like button and you will see a bell icon. If you can click on that, that will really help us in, in sharing this message. And you will be notified when a new video is uploaded. And by doing this, you not only help us share the gospel, but you actively help us by making this message more visible on the platform. And by doing that, more people can interact and, and listen to the teachings that we upload. So join me now as we go into the Word of God. Thank you. Alright, again, good morning everyone. Um, last week, I touched on the topic of the 42nd generation. I want to finish it off this morning. I can probably have still five sessions on it, but I don't want to go too deep. You can go do your own thing if you want to really know what it means more. I hope most of you that wasn't here last week did go and listen to the, to the teaching. Otherwise, today is not going to make much sense for you. Um, last week we just um, we spoke about Matthew 1 with the genealogy of Jesus where there were three times 14 generations and this says the 42nd generation is the Christ generation not the Jesus generation the Christ it speaks about his spirit not the person that was on the earth the one that's staying inside of you now his spirit so we're the 42nd generation um, and then I told you that means you've got to go into the Bible to go seek why, where is there a pattern for this. Because everything in the New Testament you will find a pattern, you will find an example, you will find something hidden in the Bible that will either elaborate or prophesy of this thing that came or is still going to come. So I went first to Job, Job 42, remember, that's Job 42, the number 42 with the 42nd generation. It's by no accident that Job 42 is a, it's a book in the Bible where Job got restored to his fullness, double portion in Job 42. It gives you, if you can read what happened with Job 42, that is what the Lord is planning for the 42nd generation when he returns. Everything he restored prophetically will be restored again what he did with Job, when, when Christ is going to be manifested on the earth. So then I took you to Elijah, and Elijah, when he got the double portion, like Job also got the double portion. And we ended off where Elijah received the mantle and he went up to the city and these 42 young boys met him on the road and they started mocking him. And they say, go up, bold one, go up. They were mocking him. And I ended off last Sunday saying, you need the two mother bears to come. They destroyed those 42 bears. Remember, the two mother bears came and she ripped the 42 boys to pieces that were mocking Elijah. And I said, we need the bear to come. So I want to continue there. First off, we need to know when it speaks about going up, 
He says, go up, bold one, go up. That was what the 42 boys were saying. I told you the 42 boys is the example of the wrong generation, 42nd generation. It's your soul being in control. That's what the 42 boys that were so behaving so badly, that's what they represent. But they said, go up, go up. They came out of the city, the bears came out of the woods. Now again, going up, I'm going to say this again because I know there's still a few that don't understand this. Going up when you read it in the Bible doesn't mean going up in the sense of up. Every time you read, go look at the word, going up doesn't mean in distance, in direction. When John was sitting on the island of Patmos, he said, I was on the island sitting there, but I was caught up. Jesus was caught up. And you were taught he went up. And you were looking at him in the clouds until you can't see him anymore. That's not what it means. Caught up means he went into a higher dimension. A different dimension. The spirit dimension is higher than our natural dimension. So, they were actually saying something to him here. Where's Kayla? Now I see you changed my setup here. Um, we need to know that we're not going up. It's not a sense of going up. You know, we, we think we're going up to this. Religion has taught us going up is up to heaven. Heaven is up somewhere there in the stars and they're looking to find it. There's a city somewhere hidden in the stars. Um, that's what we are taught. But is that what it's actually saying in your Bible? It's a hidden city floating somewhere that's going to float back here to earth with golden, a golden city with golden streets and all that stuff that we believe. But we should actually know that the overcoming church, the 42nd generation, the bride, must know there's a calling of coming up, going up higher. I want to say this again so you understand this. The bride the overcoming church. I'm not talking about denominations. You are the church. Are called up to go higher. That's why we always say you must grow. That's why we say you grow, you, come, you become born again. You grow, you step into discipleship. And you grow and you step into sonship. Don't get stuck on discipleship. Don't get stuck on just being born again. Because it's about sonship, it's about growth, it's about maturity. That's all Paul taught to get to sonship. He was fighting with them the whole time because they either got stuck in discipleship because he was speaking to disciples that were still fighting about demons and laying on of hands and raising the dead. They were still stuck in those things. And he said they should have belonged past those things. They should not be stuck there anymore. They should have moved on. But we need to go to a higher dimension, a higher place, a higher calling. We know the Pentecostal dimension, if I can call it that. Not the church, the, what happened there. The Pentecostal dimension is, a, in Afrikaans, it was a foreskot, an advance that was given to man. We received that, but there's more. We know that the Feast of Tabernacles 
is the one we're waiting for again to happen. I will one day teach on the Feast of Tabernacles the spiritual meaning of it. Why they built the little houses the way they built it. Why were the houses outside in the streets and not in the temple where they stay? Now, today we build our houses in the systems. I want to say something radical. No church, doesn't matter what denomination, anything, will step into the Lord's day if they keep playing church. They will miss something. Because that plays no role. It's a personal thing with you and Him. Not where you go, what you do. We know Christ will manifest Himself through the bride. And that's why we need the bears, the two mother bears to come. Because here, as Elijah is on his way, these 42 young boys come and they mock him. And as he's getting mocked, the one that just received the double portion, these two mother bears come out and they rip them to pieces. What does that mean? In short, it's talking about God's fierce protection. Have you seen how many Bible verses is there that talks about the mother bear that lost the cubs? They will warn people, don't go there. That's like a mother bear that lost her cubs. Have you seen in nature a mother bear who loses her cub? There's nothing that can stop her. When he got mocked by this religion, because the 42nd generation is, is the wrong representation of the 42nd generation, those 42 boys, it shows religion. It points to religion. When religion were mocking Elijah that got anointed by the Lord, they made God's fierce protection that was over Elijah. And it ripped the 42, it ripped religion to pieces. Two mother bears. Two speaks about witness. God will witness when you walk. As Elijah was walking. Mother, female, so a lot of things that came in. He talks about the true church. It's got that mother nature, that loving nature. But again, you must see these boys came out of the city, out of the system, man made religion, church. The bears came out of the woods, God's nature, pure. And that's why I said, we as the 42nd generation, the true church of God, we so desperately need that mother bears to come and rip us, that solely stuff that's still in you, to pieces. We carry a lot of stuff that we worship, that we think is godly. And it's not. But he loves us so much he will send that bear to come to clean us, to get rid of that stuff so that we can walk into the city with him, not with yourself, your own things. But this morning, I want to go 
in a different direction with the same story. Remember they were calling him bold one. Kalko. Eh? They were disrespecting him. Why does it say in the scripture where they disrespecting him that way? They, it says they were disrespecting him because he was a Nazarene. We also called a Nazarene. Jesus. Nazarene. Huh? The Nazarene. Jesus was also called a Nazarene. But they were going about his hair here. These 42 boys had an issue that he hasn't had. He was bold. So first of all, I want to show you what is a Nazarene. Why were they so making an issue of him being a Nazarene, Elijah? In Numbers 6, I'm going to read here for you. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarene. Look here, I'm reading to you and describing what the scriptures describing. What is it? To be a Nazarene. It says they shall separate themselves and vow, vow of a Nazarene to separate themselves unto the Lord. Okay, look at what a Nazarene must do. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink and shall drink no vinegar or wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernel even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, see there it says it's a vow of his separation. Look what happens with the Nazarene. He gets separated. In separation, there shall no razor come upon his head. I know you didn't know this. And Nazarene was not supposed to cut his hair. Until the days be fulfilled in which he separates himself unto the Lord and shall be holy and shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow. Alright, so a Nazarene had to go through those things, had to make that choice. They took a vow. First of all, the Nazarene chose to take a vow. God didn't come and say, okay, you must be a Nazarene, you must be a Nazarene, you must be a Nazarene. Okay, so do that. You choose to walk in that. If you're a Nazarene. And then you may not cut your hair and all that. You get separated. So that's a Nazarene. And remember, a Nazarene wasn't supposed to cut the hair. And here comes... Elisha and he's bold. Do you see why they were mocking him? He's, not, he's saying he's a Nazarene. He is a Nazarene. But he hasn't got hair. So it must, must have been cut. But he was bold. It wasn't cut by choice. And they're mocking him for something that's not his fault. Because back in those days, it was seen as you didn't have hair as a Nazarene. You're useless. You're nothing. So, that's why they were mocking him, because he's not looking the way he's supposed to look. Come, you guys must wake up and think what I'm saying now. So what is it saying today? How many times have some of you walked and spoke to people, and you say something that they don't believe in their system, and they look at you, hmm, 
Daddy, you believe. And he goes, we don't believe that. They want to mock you. When you walk away, they mock you with one another. Oh, look what they believe. Right? You don't look like the system. You don't look like the others. You don't speak like the others anymore. Now I want to take this Nazarene story further with the hair to another story in your Bible. Let's read it. And he said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thy heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lies. Of whom am I reading here? Samson. Samson. That he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarene unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees. Some Bibles will say upon her lap. It's the same thing. All right? And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him of his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times. As at other times before. It's important. And shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. Today we have a lot of people teaching stuff and saying stuff and all over the place. First I want to say this. If you believe differently, maybe than the church systems, the majority of church systems are believing whether it's this group or that group or that group. There's so many groups. I mean, they all differ. Their doctrines differ a lot. Then you get us that are more kingdom focused. Then I see there's this thing that some of the kingdom teachers think they are better than the others. They're better than the reform. They're better than the Pentecostals. You're not better than anybody else. But there's this pride thing that crept in to the, the, the kingdom guys. You don't choose and think you're good. It's a choice you make as to become like a Nazarene. To become and follow God. God doesn't favor the one more than the other choosing you to say, oh, Malan, come, you must be my Nazarene. You know, you must follow me. You must be my 42nd generation. Huh? He doesn't do that. He doesn't choose you. He doesn't say, oh, come, Karen, I like you. Will you follow me in that? No, you choose. You must choose. He doesn't choose. You choose you want to walk in that. So, We've got to come back to this now. A Nazarene choose 
to devote himself to God. It's very important to realize this. Nazarene could choose to stay away from the, any product of the vine, the world and its pleasures. We don't like that, huh? It doesn't say you can't do stuff. It's when those things are for you, the things you focus on. In the, in the, in the Bible, I read it to you, the grapes and stuff. Huh? What does grapes do? It brings wine. Wine is not sin, but if you drink too much of it, it's, it's wrong. Basically, it's saying, don't find your joy in the, in the wine. Find your joy in the Lord. Third one. A bold person in those times was seen as a rejected people. As rejected people. So if you um, were a Jew back there and you had long hair, the, uh, as a Nazarene, they knew you made a covenant, a vow with God. Because you're a Nazarene, you walked with God. And that's why it was so different with Elisha when they saw him, that he didn't have hair. The fourth one, between a Nazarene and a dead body, there had to be a distance. Um, a Nazarene didn't associate with anything that brings forth death. I'm not going into detail. You can talk a lot about these things. I'm not going into detail. A Nazarene was separated from his family. A Nazarene gets separated from the mom and the dad uh, and had to walk with the Lord in, in following spiritual things and not worldly things. His focus had to be only on God and not anything else. So there's five things you can look at a Nazarene when it says these are the five things that a Nazarene chooses. We all know five means grace. Huh? Anointing, grace. So you walk like that, you have the anointing in your, because you're obeying. But these fake 42 little boys, it's like the Philistines. These Philistines actually had five war, warlords that they had in the council. I said, you're the five senses of man. That's what it's representing. So these five warlords came to these women every time that was in a relationship with Samson. This is what Samson means, if you don't know. Sunlight like the sun, son of man. All right, that's what Samson means. So every time these five warlords will come to the ladies to find out how can they defeat Samson. Yet, how many ladies do you know? How many ladies do you think Samson had in his life? Do you know? Three. And he had three ladies in his life. The first one was a woman from Timna, who he married. The second was a harlot from Gaza. And the third one was Delilah. Alright, so he had three of them. His first wife took like seven days to get an answer out of him about the lion. That's a very prophetic thing that happened there, seven days. That's a different teaching on its own there talks about actually the, the first room of the tabernacle. It's actually what he's talking about there. Um, I don't want to go too deep with that stuff. So, she... Let's have gone. I'm not going to go into that. Then the second wife was a, like a prostitute. That's talking about the second room in the tabernacle. What is in the second room of the tabernacle? The Holy Spirit, the church dimension we're walking in today. 
But this was a prostitute. Aina. What does a prostitute do? She doesn't belong to one church. She goes wherever she wants. Huh? Oof, we love doing that. Church, church hopping. Go wherever we want. Do anything that's willing to pay for us. Services. That's the second dimension, or the 60-fold. Remember the harvest is 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. The first one was 30. This one is 60-fold. Bring the money. You can look at the systems today. That's one of the main focuses, isn't it? Money. It's all about money. That's why some of us that's been in the up and down this stuff, we know when people come to you and they... You, you realize they've been one from one church to another church and they tell you, oh, I didn't like that church, or I didn't like that fellowship, or I didn't like that group. All the warning bells must go off. That pastor, I didn't like that pastor. He said something I didn't like. Oh, he wants to control me. Be very careful when people say that when they do hopping. It's dangerous. Soulish. It's the second woman of Samson they're talking like. Okay, so then the third one, Delilah. We all, everybody knows about Delilah. None of the other two women anybody ever talks about. You get Delilah. She talks about the third room. Aina. Did you get what I said? She talks about the third room. The holy place. The holies of holies. Which is supposed to be a love room. Only God. Why does Delilah have any say in that room, she should not be there. We have all these sayings about Delilah and all this stuff. Oh, that lady's a true Delilah. You hear the people say that. Ladies love saying that to other ladies. You hear that. <laughs> Why? What does the name Delilah mean? It means poor. Poor. She's a type of the church today that moved from the second room to the third room but she's still staying in religion she's stepping to the Holy Holies, but she's still religious still following religious stuff she's like those 42 boys the false 42nd generation the religious one the soulish one They move into this new dimension realizing it's not about church, it's not about anything. They want to be with the Lord, but they still want to do it the church way. They want to get rid of the old stuff. Now I've thought this, I'm going to stay with this. They want to get rid of the, the religious stuff they're still doing. They're going to be in a lot of stuff that you're still doing. But Samson, he's the one that showed God's power, his glory. But what do we find here? What is the problem here with Samson? Where do we find Samson? On Delilah's lap. There's the problem. Samson is on Delilah's lap. He had seven threads of hair. And I mean, when she was asking him every time about this, he always lied to her. And this time he actually said to what she can do to get rid of his power. 
that he was carrying. And it was to cut the seven threads of his hair. And he said, um, I don't have to worry. Remember, I underlined it. I don't have to worry. He said, well, I don't have to worry. I'll just get up and do what I did every time before, previously. And he got up and he jumped up. And what did he realize? God's power departed from him. He didn't have the power anymore. He just thought, I'll do what I used to do. I'm going to go into the Holy of Holies, but I'm still going to act like I acted in the second room when I worked with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord to explain that stuff to you deeper that I'm saying. Today we are also like that. Some of us in the systems are going about and saying, we can do this. Let's make it practical. We can do all the healings. We can cast out the demons. We're sharing the gospel. And we're going on how good we are. And we're doing this and we're moving for the Lord. And all this stuff. And then the system looks at us. And what do they see? You've got no power. You're like Samson. Your hair's been cut. You're boasting it here by doing stuff. But the problem lies here. You're lying still on Delilah's lap. Even though you don't know it. We all are lying on Delilah's lap still. Because we've got stuff that we don't want to let go of. Because we think where we are, we're good now. Seven, we know what does seven mean? Perfection. Bible says seven horns. He had seven dreadlocks. He had perfect authority. He had God's perfect authority. A horn speaks of authority. He had perfect godly authority, Samson, when he had his hair. So when they cut it, he lost that. They took out his eyes. He lost God's vision. Because he had a perfect vision of God. And they made fun of Elijah because of his boldness. Where does Samson end up? In jail. He ends up in jail. And this is, a, this is not a negative story. This is actually a very positive story. It might sound negative, but it's actually very good what's happening here. So it's not a bad thing. But Samson starts walking around. You will read the Bible. In the mill, like a donkey. Because back in those days, they used donkeys to, to grind the, the, the corn and stuff. You know, that said the stones and the donkey would walk all around the whole day, grinding the harvest. Here Samson was doing it because he's a picture of something. Because it was a donkey's work to do that. So here Samson's walking and he's grinding the corn like a donkey. And as he's walking around, <coughs> something starts happening with Samson. His hair is starting to grow. His hair is starting to grow. I mean, when I look at, at you guys, some of you guys and other people, you see people are stuck in problems and situations, like financial, marriage, whatever the case may be. Work. And you're like Samson, you're walking around and around the same thing, grinding away. Not getting anywhere. You think you're busy doing something good, grinding the corn, but you're getting nowhere. 
a lot of us, I think all of us, are stuck somewhere, grinding around and around and around. But you know what's happening with you? Your hair is also grey. God is looking for this group of Samson people today. That's hair is growing. The sunlight people, that's what the name means, eh? They're getting repaired, healed in areas. They don't even know it, but they're walking it out. The hair is starting to grow. When I look at some of you, I can see some of you have, since the time I've met you, whether it's a month ago, two years ago, five years ago, I can see your hair grow. You can see it, it's very easy to see it. And I can also see if somebody's hair is not growing, because they're still bald. But here they had a huge festival, the five warlords were so happy that they could demonstrate how they could overcome God. With Samson being in jail, they were all having a party. They have conquered God's person, this man named Samson. But unfortunately, when they had this whole gathering and everything to celebrate the conquering of Samson, they never kept in mind his hair was growing. Religion might be laughing at you today. But they're missing your hair is growing. They don't look at the hair. Because they see you don't walk in the power yet. They will mock you say, yeah, you pray for healing. But you don't heal everybody. So you're not still nothing. They will make those types of jokes. Yeah, we don't heal everybody yet. But the hair is growing. A little boy comes and he binds Samson and takes him to this gathering. What does that mean for us today? This little boy that comes and takes Samson. I said here today, there are a group of men that will take the blind Samson, the church of Jesus Christ, the true church, to the temple of Dagon. It's going to happen spiritually. Because that's where they took Solomon here. Who was Dagon? He was a dead god. But look at this boy, he's taking him to the pillars, the seven pillars in the temple. I'm not going to go and explain that now. But again, it's seven. It speaks of something that's perfect. That's where he gets placed. When Samson was standing there, he had no more hair, no more eyesight. He couldn't rely on his... on his... Um, abilities anymore. They were taken away from him. He lost all his power. That's why when we look at ourselves today, none of us are perfect. None of us arrived anywhere yet. We're all still sleeping on Delilah's lap. The fake 42nd generation is functioning out of the soul dimension. They're still soulish. Their way, what they want, how they can benefit out of something. What I do for the Lord is about me, myself, and I. Me, me, me. The 42nd, the true 42nd generation does not function via the soul. Why? 
Otherwise, we look exactly the same as anybody else. You look exactly the same. You cannot look the same. Unfortunately, what's the problem today? All Christians look the same. The ones walking in sin, their own way, their way, looks exactly, everybody looks the same. He must become the focus, Jesus. And then the world will start mocking us and understanding more what's to come. But here, when Samson was standing in these pillars, his hair has grown back. They didn't look at that. They didn't even think about that. God comes and he restores what was taken from Samson. I can tell you now, when Samson was walking around and around and around, he was seeking God. He knew what he did wrong, how he missed it, why he ended up on Delilah's lap. God restored him like he restored Job to his fullness. And that God Dagon was a fish God, half man, half fish. was a fish god and Samson came and destroyed that thing there's a lot to say about Dagon why he looked like that this fish god half man half fish what did Jesus come to do with his disciples I'm gonna make you what fisherman of men mm. Again, that's something I'm going to talk about now. I want you to think about these things. They're not there for no reason. But Samson received back his power and he destroyed that. And what I want you to realize and get excited about is he's going to come back. And he's going to look, even if you're bold, you will send the bears. To destroy the one that's mocking you, this religion. Not people, the religion, the system. Because he's going to honor you for choosing to be a Nazarene. Even in the mistakes you made, like Samson. You've allowed Delilah to cut your hair. They maybe took your eyes. But he's going to restore you if you stay faithful as a Nazarene, that vow you made. You chose to follow him. You did not chose or choose to follow ABC church or ABC group or whatever. You followed him. The 42nd generation is the Christ generation. The generation that is looking for which he chose to come and stay inside of. I said on Friday again, he was in the tabernacle that stopped. He moved over to Solomon's temple, God, and he moved in there and made his home. It stopped. The Romans came and destroyed the temple of Solomon. No, they didn't. God did. He just used Romans. God made sure the temple was knocked out. And today people want to go worship that temple. God made sure that thing is destroyed because he's not staying there anymore. He's staying in you and me. You are the new temple. You are the 42nd generation. 
That's why they came and said that. Because in the Old Testament there was a lot of pictures and images hidden of what was going to come. David had a glimpse of the 42nd generation. You can read about it. He had a glimpse of this. <coughs> we are walking in that. In this generation, this 42nd generation, hair is starting to grow. Because he's going to use them again like he restored Job, like he restored Samson. And when he comes again, he's going to come and help the fish. But he will destroy, destroy the God that they're worshipping. The legion. He will come and destroy Dagon, that religious God that we're worshipping. Thinking we're good if we're in this church or that group or this thing or that thing. Or he's going to come and destroy it. So I want you to get excited. There's a choice you can make today in your life. We are not most probably going to be the, the generation or the people in the generation that's going to have that day. This stuff still needs to happen. But you play a huge role in getting people into that place. In your walk, in your life. Helping them, guiding them. People need people. That are filled with the Holy Spirit. Love the Lord to guide people. That's how the Holy Spirit works. I said on Friday when I was talking at a men's camp, he needs the donkeys to drive and sit on the donkey to go into Jerusalem. There's donkeys sitting in front of me here. And I said to them, what type of donkey are you? I said, there's two types of donkeys. The stubborn ones or the ones that are still tied and they're not loosened yet. Because Jesus said two disciples, he said, go get me that donkey. And they untied the donkey and they took him to Jesus. The donkey wasn't stubborn. They walked to Jesus because he needed the donkey to go into Jerusalem. Because he had to be lifted up high. Nobody worshipped the donkey. They worshipped the one on top of the donkey. The 42nd generation should be donkeys that should be able, when somebody comes to them, they will not be stubborn. They will be okay to get untied and be taken to the king. So that the king can use you to ride on, to come in, when he comes again. He does it through people, through donkeys, throughout his Bible. It can be a burning bush, it can be a person, but he always works through something. He has a vessel that he uses. And the 42nd generation is the next vessel he's going to use. Luckily, we don't have to do all those things as a Nazarene. But you can now choose him. He's done all those things for you. Made it a lot easier. Go choose that stuff, guys. Otherwise, go into a relationship with him and follow him. Yes, we're in a family and we work together as a body. But it's about your relationship with him. Nobody here can help anybody here in their problems. But we're there for one another, to love one another. He will help you through your problems. He gave the power back to Samson. Alright, Elijah, the bold one. They mocked him. Religion will mock you when you walk in this relationship. Think deep. 
Don't worry if the mother bears are there. They will protect you. They, you get a very negative meaning of a bear also in the Bible. But this is the positive. Everything has got a positive and negative meaning. This is the positive one. Mother bear is very dangerous. You go through a season without helping you, but then when she comes, she comes to help you. Get rid of you. The stuff that's holding on to you, the religious stuff you have inside of you. Your soulish desires and stuff that you're still worshipping. So no, you are that generation. And he's waiting and looking at your growth of your hair. Because if we are fortunate enough, he can use you to do what he needs to do. And then nobody will look at you, they will look at the one that you carry. We don't worship one another. We worship the one that's on top of the donkey. So don't feel bad if you made mistakes. Samson made huge mistakes. But be that one is saying, I'm willing to take the double portion like Elijah did, like Job did. Remember what Elijah said to Elijah? He said, man, that's a hard thing you're asking to get double. But look at what Elijah did with that double portion. You can choose it and walk in that victory. And you can have a beautiful relationship with the Lord without going to lie on Delilah's lap every time. And she strip you of your power. Religion. Because religion will strip you of your power. But get excited. He's looking for the ones that are willing to walk into the cities and proclaim His glory. That's what he's looking for. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe to our channel and make sure to click the bell notification button to get any notifications when we upload a new video. Stay blessed.